Hey guys, welcome to the Anti-Macro Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Diana Lee. I spent years steeped in diet culture, obsessively weighing, measuring, and tracking my food. In 2019, I ditched macro tracking for good, and now I've made it my mission to help you swap diets for real food freedom. It's time to unfuck your mindset and stop letting food control you. Let's dive in. I've been on my fitness journey since I was probably about 13 when I started taking spin classes. You can say I've been on this journey for almost two decades. That's a long ass time. I've learned a lot along the way, but I've also made a lot of mistakes. I've also been coaching in this space for almost a decade as mainly a group fitness instructor, but then also at times I was a personal trainer. And then of course, right now I am an online coach. So I've seen a lot of the same mistakes being made by those that I talk to and work with. Now, I'm not here to tell you that there is one single right way to do fitness. There's actually a million different ways to do it and approach it. And what is quote unquote right is ultimately up to you. But what I'm addressing in this podcast episode is for those of you who have a very specific goal in mind, which is to build muscle, call it what you will, build muscle, get lean, look toned. I don't, I don't care what words you use to describe it because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal that you want to achieve is that you want to build muscle. And if that's the case, then yes, to a degree, there is a right way to do things that is going to get you the best possible results. Those are going to be the tips that I'm sharing today. So let's dive into it. The first mistake that I see being made is training with the same weight for years. This is especially prevalent in any kind of at-home boot camp workout or in-person group fitness class. If you're working out at home, your equipment is likely limited, which prevents you from progressing with your weights. It's not impossible to build muscle with limited equipment, but the program that you do use is going to be a key piece to this puzzle to make it work. The problem that I find is that the it's at home hit style boot camp programs that most, especially women, are using are not designed to offset the fact that most users have limited equipment and are not increasing resistance regularly. Let's take calisthenics, for example. I'm going to go on a slight tangent, but it's all going to make sense. Calisthenics is a form of fitness that often relies almost exclusively on the body and rarely, but does at times, involves external weight. Individuals who do calisthenics can build muscle often using movement progressions to help advance a specific exercise. That's not to say that these boot camps do not use exercise progressions. They can and absolutely do, especially if they are built for varying levels of abilities. But I find that there is a ceiling to how difficult a particular exercise will get in these workout programs, while calisthenics will often push those boundaries. So if you've been doing your boot camp classes for a while and you've progressed to where you can perform these exercises without modifications, and then you don't have weights that allow for you to increase your resistance, you'll likely find yourself plateauing in your muscle building goals because you now have no other way to truly add resistance to the movement. Beyond just using movement progressions, another strategy that can be employed to increase resistance without necessarily increasing weight is by using tempo. 
This is a strategy that I've employed for both my at-home programming as well as my in-gym programming, and it's incredibly effective. The concept of tempo is to move slower through certain points in the exercise to increase what's called time under tension. For example, it will be more challenging to perform five reps of squats if you take three seconds to travel down into the squat, hold for three seconds at the bottom, and take three seconds to rise out of the squat. The control that is required to perform an exercise at a slower tempo adds an element of resistance for the muscles, which can aid in muscle growth when weights are more limited. Tempo is rarely employed within a HIIT workout because the goal of these workouts is often to move faster and burn more calories and break more of a sweat, while tempo slows things down, even if it is making the exercise more difficult to perform. When it comes to group fitness classes, I do see a similar issue. Because workouts such as F45 and Orange Theory and the likes often prioritize getting maximum reps within a given time frame, you are more likely to reach for lighter weight time and time again. It's really easy to get stuck at the same weight workout after workout because you're prioritizing maximum reps. You're often not tracking your weights from workout to workout and heavy lifting is simply not encouraged in these spaces often. It's just the nature of the programming itself. Yet I've even seen women plateau in their strength and muscle building goals in a space like CrossFit, which is a group fitness class that encourages you to lift heavy. So what could possibly be going on here? I've coached women in classes over the course of years to see them plateauing simply because they aren't being intentional about, again, tracking the weights they are using and attempting to go heavier over time. There are other reasons, of course, for this plateau, which I'm absolutely going to touch upon within this podcast episode, but I do think that not pushing the weight is absolutely one of the reasons for this plateau because I've seen it in action. Now, this really leads me to the mindset around women lifting heavy and how the mindset is often what's holding you back from lifting heavier weight. Personally, when I got into weightlifting and CrossFit, there were people who told me not to lift too heavy and not to get too bulky. I bet you most men are not being told to be careful with how much they lift and how it might negatively impact their body shape and size, but women are subjected to these messages often. I can't tell you how many women have walked into the gym in which I work and expressed to me that they want to start lifting, but they don't want to get bulky. The both conscious and subconscious messaging, as well as this fear of being bulky, is often what's in the back of a woman's mind and preventing her from lifting heavier weight in the gym and pushing herself. Women are directed to things like Pilates and yoga, where they're told they will build more slender muscle, or they will just simply have a more slender figure. I've said it before, and I've said it again. Bulking is really hard to do, and you're not going to do it unintentionally. You are not going to look like a competitive weightlifter or a competitive bodybuilder or a competitive crossfitter if you lift recreationally, unless you are truly training for years to essentially look like that or for your body to perform in such a manner. Muscles on a woman do not make her masculine. This is all bullshit that we allow ourselves to believe by diet culture, and it's hindering your gains because it's preventing you from lifting heavier in the gym. 
If you want to build muscle, you want to start tracking the weights that you're lifting and implement some method of what's called progressive overload. This means that you're increasing your weight, whether it's set over set in a single workout and or progressing week over week. For my one-on-one clients who do group fitness classes and have this muscle building goal, I typically advise them to lift slower with heavier weights during some of these classes, rather than go for that light weight and then achieving max reps. Keeping track of the weights that you lift can honestly be as simple as having a notebook or a digital notepad in your phone to keep track of what weights you used for certain exercises. This enables you to reference back to what you've performed previously, so that way you know how to progress from there. But if you're always going into your workout blind without any historical data to go off of, it can be very difficult to know how to push yourself appropriately. The second mistake I see being made is training too much. Whether you're training every single day without adequate rest, or you're doing double sessions at your gym, or you're hitting a class and then adding accessory program on top of it, you're quite possibly doing too much and destroying your muscle building potential as a result of it. Exercise places stress on the muscle and muscle growth happens when your body is at rest and it is recovering. If your muscles aren't getting adequate recovery, then you're going to begin to see plateaus or even declines in your progress, both from a physique perspective, but also a performance perspective. I dive into the specifics behind this in episode 10 of the podcast. If you really want to dive into the nitty gritty, I really go into full detail on how overtraining can be negatively impacting your workouts. Before you even start adding additional programming to your fitness regimen, I want you to first ask yourself if your base program is the right program for your goals. If you want to build muscle and focus on being strong, a cardio heavy workout program is not the right program for you. Your program needs to incorporate resistance training at its core if you want to build muscle, and it needs to have room for increasing weight or resistance and challenging your body and muscles beyond simply moving faster or getting more reps. The next question you need to ask yourself is if you do have the correct program for your goals, are you implementing it correctly and consistently? Going back to a point I made earlier, I had someone come up to me while I was coaching a CrossFit class one day, and they expressed to me that they didn't feel that they were getting stronger with the programming that we had. I asked if they were logging their lifts and then increasing the weight as instructed week over week, and if they were showing up to the strength days consistently. And their response was, well, no. Look, a program can be the best written program, but if you aren't tracking your stats and pushing your weight appropriately and showing up regularly, then it's not going to work, plain and simple. In some cases, supplemental programming can absolutely be beneficial, and I have recommended it to clients before, but it needs to come at a cost. If you want to add supplemental strength programming to your current group fitness routine, do not do double sessions. Instead, reduce the number of group training sessions that you do and replace them with strength training sessions. This prevents overtraining, which improves your recovery and as a result, improves your progress. If you're running daily on top of your strength training sessions because you're hoping the additional cardio will prevent you from bulking or gaining too much fat, all I can say is you're likely killing your gains. Adding on all this cardio on top of your strength work is likely overtraining your muscles. 
hindering recovery. And sure, you're not bulking, but you're not really building muscle either because your body can't recover properly. As a CrossFit coach, I would recommend skill work or accessory work for about 10 to 15 minutes added on top of a CrossFit class, maybe two to three days a week. But this skill work would be hyper specific, such as handstand work or ring muscle up drills. Doing this specific but brief skill focus was great for speeding up progress on very specific exercises that a member was struggling with, but I would recommend only doing this for one exercise at a time. Master that exercise, then move on to the next one. Don't try to add supplemental skill work every single day after class, because if you're doing that, then honestly, I have to question if your class programming is even designed properly in the first place. Part of this is also having patience, which brings me to my third mistake that I see, and that's you don't stick to the program that you're doing long enough to see the results that you want. This was me for the longest time. I was a serial program hopper. I would commit to a program for maybe three months and then get bored and not be excited enough about my results, and then I'd move on to the next program. During this time, I was on again and off again with CrossFit because I was pretty much always chasing these little tangent goals, but never really focusing on any particular goal for a long period of time. Building muscle and strength takes time. It takes showing up day after day, month after month, year after year consistently and putting in the work with a solid program in place designed to get you there to your ultimate goal. All these little tangent goals and programs are often distractions and they're slowing down your progress because you're not committing to anything long enough to yield the results that you want. It can help to track your progress to ensure that you are in fact getting results. So if you're looking for more of a physique focus, I recommend doing monthly progress photos because the scale is often not a good indicator of progress in a muscle building journey. I've already mentioned tracking your lifts, which is excellent for tracking your strength progress. Measurements work. It's just not something that I personally use often, but it's an absolutely valid strategy. Whatever you choose to track, ensure you track objective measurements as well as subjective measurements. So objective measurements are things like weights lifted and measurements. They are concrete numbers that aren't left open to too much interpretation. Body composition photos are not definitively measured, so they're a bit more subjective. How you interpret your results can sometimes be affected by your relationship with your body and any bias that that might cause. Other forms of subjective measurements could be your confidence in the gym or improving form and technique. It helps to have a mixture of both and multiple metrics to track in terms of progress because in some cases you might improve in one area but not necessarily another. For instance, if you take time to improve your form, you may temporarily have a plateau in the weight that you lift, but that doesn't mean that your program is necessarily failing you and not getting you results. Your improvement in form is still progress, and it's likely going to contribute to future progress in weights lifted, which then will contribute to future progress in muscle built. My fourth mistake on the list is probably obvious, and you had to assume that I was finally going to get to it, and that is that you're not eating in a manner that promotes muscle building. Again, let's call out the old me and how this was a huge mistake that I made for a bulk of my fitness journey. No pun intended on using the word bulk right now. I was 25 
when big butts started to become trendy and I was like hell bent on growing my glutes. I was adding glute training on top of CrossFit work. And I mean, I did this on and off for years. The problem was <laughs> that I was eating in a calorie deficit the whole time. I was still in deep on my fear of gaining weight and my fear of food. And so I was restricting pretty heavily so that all of that effort that I was putting in, in the gym to grow my butt was completely defeated by my lack of calories. You cannot expect muscles to grow if you do not fuel your body properly for it. And no, eating more with the intention of building muscle while lifting heavy isn't going to make you bulky. So let's let this fear and insecurity go. You can go through build phases and cut phases with your nutrition and training in a strategic manner to help you get that lean muscle that you're looking for. Build phases will entail a level of gaining some fat as you gain muscle, but afterwards you can do a fat loss phase to uncover the muscle that you built. But you cannot just permanently exist in a fat loss phase and expect muscle to somehow magically appear if you never took the time to build it in the first place. It's not just about protein though. Yes, protein is a huge piece to the puzzle, but you also need the right amount of carbs and fats as well. You have to look at all aspects of your nutrition to ensure that you're fueling your workouts with energy. You're supporting hormone health with enough fats. And that way, the protein that you are eating is truly going towards muscle building. Finally, my last and final mistake is probably the one that you least expected. And that is you're not focusing on mobility. What you do outside your workouts truly does matter. And I see a lot of mobility issues when I coach in person. It makes sense. We are sedentary for most of our day. We sit at a desk and we type on a computer. And as a result, we are really tight and our bodies don't always move the way they should. Mobility is what helps your body move into the correct positions under load. When your body can move into the correct position under load, then you can use the correct muscles during that exercise rather than other muscles compensating. This helps to reduce risk of injury because then you can move properly, which enables you to show up to the gym more consistently. If you cannot move well, you are going to struggle to achieve your muscle building goals. I like to recommend the mobility app GoWOD. That's G-O-W-O-D. It's a bit more CrossFit focused, but it truly does a great job of guiding you on both mobility drills as well as stretching. I personally prefer to have guidance and be told what to do because it makes me more consistent in doing it. And honestly, I don't think a majority of people know how to execute mobility properly and effectively. Just be sure that you're not solely focusing on static stretching. There is a difference between the two. Static stretching is holding a single stretch in place while mobility involves moving the joint and applying load to it as you do. So as a recap, my top five mistakes that I see being made in your muscle building journey are one, training with the same weight for years, two, training far too often and frequently, three, following a program for too short of a period of time, four, not eating properly for your goals, and five, not doing mobility. I'm curious to know which mistakes you felt are prevalent in your fitness journey and whether you had some key takeaways to help you move forward and make the progress that you're looking to achieve. If you found this episode helpful, please share it to your Instagram or with a friend that you know will benefit from it. That's a wrap for today, and I will catch you next week. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the Anti-Macro Podcast. I am so happy to be a part of your health journey. 
If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're now one step closer to ditching diet culture and finding real food freedom.